my last point on this is if if violence and vulgarity do not equal Christmas, then you've never been to Christmas at my house. So. <laughs> no, no. Actually, no. I'm not. I'm just making that up. I'm actually not. If my brother's listening, so there you go. So. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we review your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries available on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Medstaff with your host, Jamie Zarlingo. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. I am your host of this podcast. And today I have my new co-host, Nina Granger. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. So we'll do like an official introduction later on um, once we get through our Christmas episodes. But Nina is one of our allied recruiters. We're very excited to have her here and to have her on the show. I'm super excited to be here and be co-hosting the show with you, Jamie. Well, thank you. I'm excited too. So today is our final Christmas episode. I think there's been a lot of hype for this one. Rich is over here getting all giddy. It's very excited. We so are, excited. Yes, we are talking about Die Hard, which to many is a Christmas classic. To some, it's not. So today, like I said, I have Rich in here and I have Phil Sweeney, one of our client managers. Hello. This is Phil. <laughs> this is Phil. <laughs> We've had Phil in here before. I love having Phil on the show, and I love having Rich on the show as well. Thank you. So today's episode is going to be a little different. Um, we are doing more of a debate. We kind of did it with Office versus Parks and Rec, but we found it's more helpful if uh, the hosts are not <laughs> a part of the debate. So Nina and I are going to be kind of moderators, and we're going to let Phil and Rich just kind of go at it with their, with their opinions. So Rich says, yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Phil says, no, it is not. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Die Hard, I'm just going to give you a very, very quick info uh, flash. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to give you a quick... Info flash. Info flash. Um, So Die Hard um, came out in 1988. It's an action thriller film directed by John McTiernan. I don't know if he's directed anything else significant. Mm. Um, It was uh, distributed by 20th Century Fox... Um, stars the one and only Bruce Willis and the late Alan Rickman. Bruce Willis plays, uh, oh my God, what's John McClane. John McClane, our, our protagonist. Um, he is a streetwise New York cop who has come to Los Angeles to reconcile with his estranged wife. And Alan Rickman is Hans Gruber. He is a German terrorist and the leader of the group. So these are our protagonist and antagonist characters. And kind of just like the basic plot, if, um, please correct me if I'm wrong on this one, I am not as familiar as some of our die-hard, die die-hard fans over here. Um, but it takes place on Christmas Eve at a uh, Christmas party in Los Angeles. Um, John McClane is intending to reconcile with his estranged wife, Holly, at the party of her employer, the Nakatomi Corporation. Uh, McClane is driven to the party by a limousine driver, and um, the party is disrupted by the arrival of a German terrorist and his team. And uh, the group seizes the tower and secures those inside as hostages, except for McClane, who slips away. And mm. it's up to McClane to save all of the hostages. That's pretty much it. Would you say? So John uh, McTiernan also directed Predator, The Hunt for October, Die Hard with a Vengeance, 
Last Action Hero, The Thomas Crown Affair, Medicine Man. He had a number of movies back in the 80s and 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, again, unfamiliar with, with the, I guess, series, this mm-hmm. did spin off. Uh, this did have a few spin offs. There's, uh, I think, five Die Hards? No. Was there a fifth? There was. There was. Die Hard. <clears throat> sorry. Die Hard, Die Hard 2. Mm-hmm. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard free or Die Hard. So that's four. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's probably another one. I, that's swear, just I called swear there's a fifth one. Die Which, Hard. W- wasn't there one where he was in, uh, he was in Moscow? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. And he met his son. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, wasn't that Justin that? Long? I think so. He was in one of those. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I haven't seen any. Which of was the one? Well, with, I saw the second one. Which Sam was the one with, with Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson. Yeah, was the second one. That was that was really good. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For some people, some... Die Hard is a Christmas staple. They watch it every year. It's kind of become culturally a Christmas film, just based on the fact that it takes place at a Christmas party. Some people are very adamant that no, it's not a Christmas movie. So in this episode, we're going to have Rich and Phil explain their sides, and um, we'll let you guys decide at the end. We'll also kind of talk about. What makes a Christmas movie? Mm. What is a Christmas movie? And mm. is Die Hard under that umbrella? So to make this fair, we're going to time each of you guys mm. so that nobody over talks and um, we don't, you know, ramble on for hours and hours. Because I'm sure, I'm sure we could if mm-hmm. we had the time. So um, I'm going to start with Rich mm-hmm. on the yes Christmas story side, so or Christmas movie side. So. Uh, Take it away. Awesome. Right I want to. I want to thank my. Uh, are you timing Sorry, right now? Yep, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start the timer here with five and minutes. Ready and go. go. I want to thank my uh, debate coach Larry Laws and uh, Tom McLaughlin ahead of time for uh, for this win, Phil. Uh, so here is here. I have a number of points, five in particular, but I'll, I'll set up a couple of them uh, just before I get into them. Christmas is pivotal to the pot to, to the plot of Die Hard for a couple of reasons. One, most importantly. The Hans Gruber's group needed a day or evening or night where they could get in uninhibited to this building, and Christmas Eve was the only time that they could do that. What they didn't plan on, I guess, to a certain extent, was them having the Christmas party there. Now, the city was shut down for the holiday. They had to disable the electric grid, so uh, that giving them the least amount of attention, so there was, there was nobody around. Nobody really knew what was going on. The cops, even at the beginning of it, assumed that there was just it was just a you know an outage or whatever. So they weren't super alarmed by it. Um, in 2010, Die Hard was voted the greatest Christmas film of all time by Empire Magazine. Which, if you read Empire Magazine at all, they uh, I, I think they're a pretty legit publication. Sure. Uh, December 24th, 2017, screenwriter Stephen D'Souza stated on Twitter, and everything on the internet is true, uh, that Die Hard is a Christmas film. D'Souza publicly declared, if Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, then White Christmas is not a Christmas movie. He pointed out that unlike White Christmas, his movie took place entirely at Christmas at a Christmas party. So if you go to the film's script, written by D'Souza, uh, the word Christmas appears 18 times, which is, wor- which is more, and this is an action film too, right? Which is more than the word explode four times. More than the word die, which is in the name of the movie. Ah, there it is. There's the title. Right? Five times. Hard, 11 times, which I think is kind of weird. Shoot, because they have guns. Action movie, 12 times. Kill, 13 times. And blood, 13 times. Hmm. Christmas is mentioned more than any of those action words throughout the entire film. 
There are a total of 21 distinct Christmassy elements in the movie, ranging from Santa hats and Christmas trees to festive treats. And now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 which someday I will own that shirt. Maybe not written in blood like John McClane wrote it on the dead terrorist, but I will still own that shirt because somebody produces it, I'm sure. So, uh, Die Hard features more Christmas songs than any other Christmas movie produced in the last 50 years. If you can believe that, outside of Hallmark movies. So, Christmas in Hollis starts the movie by Run DMC, if anybody's familiar with that. Um, Winter Wonderland is a whistled section of Jingle Bells and a rousing rendition of Let It Snow over the end credits. Two minutes left, thank you. Uh, We're giving time signals here. I love it. That <laughs> takes me back. Mr. Laws, thank you so much for... I love all of this. Pause real quick. Um, Nina, Phil, were either of you in debate in high school? No. Neither was I, though oh. I really like to debate. Oh. You do like to argue, that's I true. I love to argue, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so I, I was I in student been congress. In, in yeah, yeah I, I was in student congress, too. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Well, it was kind of similar as far as like time signals. Sorry, I'm wasting your time. Yeah. Could I get continue? the balance of my time, oh, yes, please? Yes. Back? Um, Thank you. Continue. One, one minute and 51 seconds Thank left. Thank you. Uh, so here are my five points that I think are important that I think Phil will probably want to argue. One, much like Joseph and Mary, John McClane was a weary traveler. <laughs> you think that's funny? It's absolutely true, right? Much like the parents of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that John McClane is Jesus Christ. Please don't think that ahead of time. John was tired after a long trip to New York and needed a place to unwind. Ended up there at Nakitomi Plaza. Uh, the film is a perfect reflection of a Christmas party. The film takes place on Christmas Eve as all the employees in the Nakatobi Plaza unwind with a few festive drinks. Uh, there's the one kind of uh, jerk that the you know that thinks he's so much cooler than everybody else. Of course, we've all been to a Christmas party where that happens. Maybe he's your drunk uncle. I don't know. Um, but that's uh, after a tough financial year, they were all unwinding there at the Christmas party. Three, the value of family. The holidays are a perfect time for families to come together and enjoy each other's company, which is why John McClane came out to work with his to work out things with his estranged wife, who was at the Christmas party, and that's why he ends up there in the first place. Number four, the spirit of fellowship. Um, Al and John, the cop, right? Al and John are the best representation of a male-male friendship uh, that we've seen since probably uh, Red and Andy in Shawshank Redemption. I don't Aww. think there. Are, I don't think there is a better representation of two people thrown together that become friends than uh, John and Al. Finally, five. Hans Gruber is a great Christmas villain, arguably better than the Grinch. I think there's a. Oh <gasps> no! Yes. Don't say that. Yeah, because there's no redemption. He has no redemption. He falls off the building. Spoiler alert. Um, you should have. You should all know the plot by now. Hans Gruber dies, and to to a lot Wah-wah. of. To a lot of fans, am I done? To a lot of fans, it isn't Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off Nakatomi Plaza. Phil. Okay. All right. That's... Oh, that's oh my God. That's, that's my alarm. Okay. You know when you hear so. your alarm outside of, of the setting where you would need to hear an alarm and it's, it's, you get You're like, like oh. Time to wake up. <laughs> Scary. Okay. okay. Are you ready, Phil? Phil's two-minute Phil, rebuttal. Yep. Phil gets a two-minute rebuttal here and go. Um. Well, I guess... I, I didn't ever do debate, so I really don't know how to approach uh, a rebuttal. I, I felt like it was going to be an opportunity to sort of inquire a few things, but now I'm, I'm sure. I'm yeah, of, whatever you wrote down. I saw sure. you taking notes. Mm-hmm. Whatever you wrote down. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, it's it's an interesting position to take uh, that that Die Hard is a, a Christmas movie. Um, I suppose I'll, I'll just try to fixate on these things. Um, 
Christmas Eve was the only time they could break in. I think that the the problem with using that is like a, a define like saying like that makes the movie that thing mm-hmm. is unfortunately and this is going to be kind of the crux of my argument in general is if you can if you can remove something and swap it in with something else like it's a it's almost circular logic what you're doing you're saying that because the movie states that the only time they could get in was this time that means that it is true like it's like it's not real you know what i mean so it's not like these are factual events it's it's all contrived and since it was contrived them saying that christmas was the only time they could break in is just in universe information it doesn't necessarily mean that like it's it's true or it makes the thing true like it could have been the only time they could break in was Memorial Day because that's when all the security was down. It, does, it just doesn't really matter. And I think that kind of applies to most of the, the pieces that you were talking about as far as it was a Christmas party and there's Christmas elements and there's Christmas songs. And I, I think that for it to be that thing, um, you know, like I said, I, I don't know about the, the rebuttal part um, because I don't, I, I feel like I'm just going <laughs> to launch into my tirade. Um, well, how about this? Give me, a, give me another... Uh, another time when it would have worked. I, I understand your circular logic. It, just because of one, it doesn't equal the other. I get that. But give me another time where this would have worked. They needed, in order for their plan to take place, they needed as little friction as possible. It, yeah, but the problem is, is that it's not real. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a contrived piece of art. So th- so what we're saying... <laughs> well, movies aren't real. I mean, that's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so, th- so yeah. you cannot use them to be, like, judges of, like, better instances in reality where it would work more. All you're saying is, like... You know, sure, it could have been any uh, Independence Day. All the fireworks are going off. Um, you know, mm. people are really busy looking up at the sky. Mm. I mean, sure, you can contrive of anything to be like sure. an alternative. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's like makes it more real or okay. true or something. Okay. Um, the next thing, uh, I, I guess I do want to rebut a couple of things. The idea of like uh, Empire Top 10 Christmas movies um, <laughs> or uh, the idea of like uh, st- the guy who wrote it. So um, consensus does not dictate reality either i mean things are either factually true or they're not but if you just say that like a bunch of people got together and said something that you know it doesn't really sway me uh either perception also, is reality though right um, i gotta agree with phil on that one also I'll just put that out there also the idea that the the writer is the person that is like so what you're talking about there is the idea of like uh two different schools of thought and art interpretation mm-hmm. one is uh the uh what it, uh, intentionalism and then anti-intentionalism. Mm-hmm. Intentionalism is saying that the person who created is the final word on that thing. Whereas anti-intentionalism is saying that anybody who interacts with that piece of work is a person who can define what it is or interpret its themes or, or read its meaning or whatever it is. If you just go off of the individuals that create the work, then there's a, there's a lot less meaning for people to participate in art at all. So I, I would just refute the idea that the guy who wrote it saying, and also I think that when he says that, he's kind of being drumming up attention and being tongue-in-cheek I, I the, the, you didn't quote it his thing on twitter was um yeah we we uh we had to make it a christmas movie because it couldn't be uh they rejected the hanukkah script or something like that <laughs> you know what i mean so i mean you know he said it but you know a the artist isn't the final say b i don't think he was being serious and i'm sorry I, I, yeah it was a little bit more than two minutes mm. that's okay. i think that i think when we do rich's rebuttal just it could be like three three minutes sure. give it a little bit yeah. more time sure. yeah we can okay. just continue on and do the, yeah. the middle part yep okay mm-hmm. so uh phil now's your chance to uh lay it all five out minutes with your mm. points okay. yes mm-hmm. sure. ready yeah okay. i'm ready and go. go um so uh i'm gonna preface this again by saying that i'm bad at debate so i think that what you did is much more pointed and mine is going to be much more like uh conceptual uh my problem is the idea of like um how we're categorizing this and why we're categorizing it. So, you know, 
why do you categorize a movie? Uh, why do you categorize something by genre? I think the purpose is to be able to catalog it in a way that makes it so other people can um, have a shorthand understanding of what the major thrust of that piece of work is going to be. So like if you're talking about uh, When Harry Met Sally, it's a romance. If you're talking about um, Dumb and Dumber, it's a comedy. I think that the element that you use to categorize it as such has to be irremovable. Like it has to be, otherwise it would knock it into a different genre. So for example, if you were talking about Titanic and you said you removed the genre of romance from it, it would suddenly become an adventure movie. If you took Indiana Jones and you removed the uh, adventure from that, it would just be like a, a paleontology movie about a guy walking around places. Like it, it, when you categorize something, it has to be fundamentally a cornerstone of what it is. Now, the other thing is the idea of Christmas as a genre or using Christmas as a category when defining something. It, it's problematic because Christmas is a setting, so you can't really, it's not, it's not thematically very often in, integral to any story in general. So what you're talking about is um, it's a time frame or a time period, but I would say that there are movies that make a stronger case for the idea of being um, classified as Christmas movies, but I would have to argue that that would be a subgenre of other types of movies. Home Alone is a comedy Christmas movie. You know what I mean? If you remove the comedy, it loses more than if you were to, re if you were, I'm sorry, if you were to remove comedy, it would be a lesser movie than if you changed the holiday to something else. But I think that Christmas is thematically important to the, the story of Home Alone. Whereas the problem with Die Hard is that it is, uh, you could be interchangeable with the, the, the setting and it would still be the same movie. And if you were talking about as far as its genre, it's clearly an action movie. Um, it's not an adventure. It's not like, you know, globetrotting or anything like that. It's simply uh, sort of a vehicle for, for violence, um, essentially just like to see like set pieces take place. Um, then I guess the other part of why it's problematic to categorize uh, Die Hard as a Christmas movie is because it's sort of antithetical to what Christmas is in a lot of ways. Um, it, it's extremely gratuitously violent and it's also vulgar. Um, but, you know, and, and I'm not saying like, that sways my opinion. I love Die Hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that to call it a Christmas movie, it would be um, disingenuous. And what I think is is taking place when people call Die Hard um, a Christmas movie is like postmodern irony, where what they're doing is they're looking at it and they're saying it's clearly not. It's clearly not a Christmas movie, but it has Christmas elements in it, and it's funny to say that it is the, a thing that it is completely removed from the genre of. Now. The intent is just, I mean, you know, the internet's going to internet. That's really all it is. Um, it's a cool movie, but because you could crop out any reference to Christmas and, and you could change any plot point about Christmas around to still support the overall plot of the movie, I don't think that you could even really call it like an action Christmas movie. Now, the reason that I would say that you, you shouldn't is because it would not really find any sort of synchrony with other Christmas movies. Like it, it would stand alone in that genre. Like you, you, you know, you get, it's a wonderful life and die hard. You have, you know, even, even outliers, like you go, um, the nightmare before Christmas and die hard. The thing about those other films is that they actually like the, the point of the movie is, uh, some sort of like emotional, uh, transition. Something changes within the character. There are character studies where the character changes either, because of interacting with Christmas as a concept or because of like, uh, you know, events that take place around that time. But the movie Die Hard actually, I mean, none of the characters really change at all. 
and that's not to its fault. I mean, it is just a platform for violence, you know, and, and that's fun. It's cool to watch. But since the characters don't develop, they can't really interact with the theme of Christmas, which is like, I mean, broadly like redemption or love or family. I mean, you can read a lot of different things into the setting of Christmas, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just a time. That, I mean, they could have picked it out of a hat, really, and it would have been, you know, the same movie no matter what. Hmm. Um, let me see. How are you doing on time? It's 15 seconds. Yeah, I, I don't really think... Closing thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, again, the, the only reason that you can't classify it, I, what's problematic is because you're not being accurate. You're being disingenuous. It's funny, but like if you were to send it to the future, aliens would be like, or people in the future would be like, why is this one with these ones? Just because dead tree have light on it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, was, that was actually pretty awesome. I loved what you had to say. All right, Rich, go ahead. Dead tree have light on it. Okay, so I have a, I have a couple questions for you here, and sure. and and I get okay. So if you said if if you if you take you take the category and you remove one piece out of it, right? Go back to go back to the, how you started that. So you said in essence, it's a it's an action movie. Okay, so if Correct. you remove the let's say from a uh, from the romantic the the romantic story from Titanic. Sure. All right. So if you remove the action movie from Die Hard, what does it become? It does would, it, yes, that, that's a thought experiment that I had. Mm -hmm. Is that if you remove the um, the action element from Die Hard, it would become like mm -hmm. a like a a love story about like a troubled father trying to come to terms with like his masic or his machismo versus his like sentimentality. You know what I mean? His his wife has a desire for him to be supportive, but instead of like in, indulging her in that. He insists on like staying with his job in New York because he has like a duty to that job. Wouldn't it become a Christmas movie though? Because he came back to her at Christmas during a Christmas party with Christmas ah. themes, and it then becomes a Christmas movie if you it, remove the action piece from it. Right. It would if you added a lot to justify her change of heart at the end. Because mm. the reason that she changes her mind about the whole situation in the end is simply because he kicks the shit out of a bunch of terrorists. Mm. You know what I mean? She doesn't. She doesn't go under. She doesn't undergo any sort of like emotional change tied to any interaction other than the fact that he just shot the guy that was going to kill her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the speed effect where Keanu Reeves and uh, Sandra Bullock, they even say at the end of the movie, they're mm -hmm. like, these relationships don't last because they're formed in a time of sure. trouble or whatever. It's a similar thing to that. Of course I forgive you, honey. You just you know killed a bunch of terrorists and saved the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, okay, so let's, uh, along those same lines, you mentioned It's a Wonderful Life. If you strip the Christmas out of It's a Wonderful Life, does it not become a ghost story? Is it a horror movie at that point? I mean, not a horror movie necessarily. It is a ghost story, though. Shouldn't it be a Halloween movie? <laughs> I would say that there's a lot of, like, uh, like the emotional development still follows the same path that it did before, but you would have fundamentally changed the movie from being about a person and a specific time period mm -hmm. realizing a bunch of, like, emotional change, and then it would just be, I mean, like, if you made it, like, about the 4th of July or something like that, mm -hmm. I think that the movie would be disrupted beyond recognizability because I think there's a lot of like, it, the reason being that it's mm -hmm. tied to the theme of Christmas. So it's like mm -hmm. gift give, giving and the community and loving family and stuff like that. And those themes aren't necessarily associated with the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. So I think I, that you would damage the movie beyond recognition if you took Christmas out of I, I think it, is, it would be easier, and you mentioned Home Alone, it would be easier to remove Christmas from Home Alone than it would be able to remove Christmas from Die Hard. I think and, that's because you're, you're... And keep it the same way. I think that's because you're um, sticking on the, the minutia of the details of the plot and how it functions, as opposed to thinking about like what it is thematically that it brings. Mm -hmm. 
Christmas in a Home Alone, what it brings is the idea of you shouldn't be by yourself even if your family bothers you because it's the holidays and that's a time for like familial bonding and then like the old man being lonely and mm. and you know what i mean and the idea that what he wanted was all the presents so then he had access to them but then he realizes that no what he really wanted was his family so i think that it actually contributes much more thematically mm. to home alone than anything than christmas does at all in die hard mm. okay so you couldn't remove it without irreparably damaging the movie and making it something else okay and I, I, my last point on this is if, if violence and vulgarity do not equal Christmas, then you've never been to Christmas at my house. So. <laughs> no. Oh. Actually, no. I'm, not, I'm just making that up. I'm actually not if my brother's listening. So there you go. So. Wow. That was, you both had some great points. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I came into this not really, I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up watching Die Hard. It wasn't like one of my fave films. And I feel like the whole Christmas aspect of it kind of came, I would say maybe in the past like 20 years, maybe. And so I never really had an opinion on it. I never thought of it as one way or another. But we'll get more into that. (laughs) But before we, we get into that, and I guess what really makes a Christmas movie, let's talk about what else we're watching. Okay, Rich, Phil, what else are you guys watching? I know what Phil's watching, and I'm waiting. I'll, I'll watch it now, but I'll, I'll go a different route. Um, I, I, I am in. Uh, could not be happier with the Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Oh my gosh! Really? It was so. Oh, are you a Star Wars fan at all, Nikki? Or Nikki? 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 Nina? Do, do you know who's in Nikki? Nikki? Nina? Do we have a Nikki? I don't Nikki. think we do. No. Um, we should though, Nina. I am. I am a Star Wars fan. Um, I feel like the most important part of the Mandalorian is the baby Yoda. That's like all I'm in it for. Are you caught up at this point? Are no, you, no, I am not. Oh so maybe maybe it gets better, but otherwise I'm like kind of bored with it. Mm, interesting. Uh, at at the time of recording here, uh, we are at episode seven, and we are one episode away from it being over. And the uh, the the child, the baby Yoda, has taken a weird turn. And I think Aww. you will enjoy. Hmm. Mm, and not the not the cute cuddly weird turn that you would think it would oh. take. Does it? Is it this Sunday? This next Friday. Oh, next Friday. Yeah, the okay. following Friday after Christmas. So. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Yes. So it will have already happened by this point that this it will. airs. So we will we will know at this point, and maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll leave that up in the air. Whether you know, mm. I don't know. So no spoilers on that one. I, yeah. What about you, Phil? Um, I watched uh, Watchmen on HBO. Um, it wrapped up, I, I don't remember if it was last weekend or what, but um, I, you know, when I first started watching it, um, let's see, I really like Watchmen. I like the comic book quite a bit. I really like the Zack Snyder movie because I felt that it really did justice to the, the comic book, the source material. It's funny, if you dive into that, boy, oh boy, there's, I mean, I can understand why it's a problem trying to turn that comic into a movie in particular. But... Um, the show Watchmen, I think, actually kind of grabbed that same spirit that Alan Moore was was shooting for when he created Watchmen, hmm. in that it tried to do something that could only be done in the medium in which it was. You know, so it's a it's a TV show that uh, plays with expectations a lot. Um, it's really clever. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't want to give any spoilers either because mm. I know Rich wants to watch it. So. Hey. But anyways, it started off bad and then it got good. I think Alan Moore would be pissed off at you for saying that uh, that one equaled the other. I think that was... I wouldn't say that they equal each other, but I, I would say that 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 same ambition, the idea of mm. creating something within a medium 
and saying it could only be done in that medium, which is what Alan Moore did with the comic book, mm -hmm. which is why it's problematic that it was conveyed, converted into a movie, mm -hmm. um, was somewhat achieved in the HBO series. He's so grizzled and pissed off now in his old age that he would he would probably even argue with you on that. He probably would. Yeah. Alan Moore's even though I think yeah. you're 100% correct there. Right. And, and yeah. you know, he probably deep down in his heart, he would know. Kind of like this situation with this uh, diehard discussion. Hmm. Deep down in your Grinch heart, you know I'm right. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Grinch heart. My Grinch heart. So, Rich, when you're done mm -hmm. with uh, Mandalorian, are you finally going to start watching Breaking Bad? <sighs> okay, so uh, who never was... Never seen Breaking Bad? Never seen Breaking right? Bad. No. <laughs> Pretty fantastic. Did uh, Nina, did you watch Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah. Notice I used your name correctly this time. I'm going to call you Nikki. There is no Nikki Every once in a while. Is Nikki. I don't know if I have to edit that Nina in randomly. I do feel bad Very about badly this. dubbed. Right. <laughs> yes. Nina. I always know you didn't Nina. know who I was. I know I who you were. Uh, did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes. Okay, so Twice. the... Oh, wow. So, Phil watched it. It's so good. Honestly, no, I only watched so it once. Great. Anyone who hasn't seen it, I just don't. Like, what's mm. wrong? I'm, I'm what's wrong we you? said about this in the last episode, I am envious of people who have not seen it. It is truly... get to just experience it that's what i always say it mm. is i wish i could erase my mind and watch it fresh really? again because wow. it is that good it's that good i'm telling you okay. i've been telling him for months who uh, who is i'm gonna i'm gonna look this up so here talk talk amongst yourselves continually well, about, about breaking bad i'm gonna look this guy up just to be a contrarian i'm gonna say that there are some parts where it starts like dipping a bit in quality i think yeah. they dragged yeah. it out a bit like season four season yeah. five ish I, th I think that somebody high up was like Listen, we should probably get while the getting's good, and they were like, "But we could make this go forever." But luckily, somebody, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, it was so great, and I feel like I, like I said about, I wish I could watch it with a fresh mind again, um, like I was watching it the first time, because the second time I watched it, I didn't like it as much, hmm. and I think it's because I knew what was going to happen, and so it just wasn't as much of a like awe factor for me, um, or like a surprise. But it was just like the first time I watched it, I was just like amaze it was wow. so good i'll say the the second time that i loved it the first time it's so it just captures you from the very first episode yes. there are very few shows that do that uh, some shows have you know that that rough first season where they're everyone's trying to find their footing that is not the case with breaking bad this show is just goes there from the very first episode it is cinematically it's gorgeous to watch the 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 film of this from a film perspective is beautiful this and so symbolic in the shots like there are so many and from watching it the second time you catch a lot of things that you didn't the first time it's very meticulous in how it does everything vince gilligan is a genius and i love his storytelling brian cranston this was the role of a lifetime for him i personally don't know if he can ever top it i'm sure he will maybe one day with something but mm -hmm. this is his best role ever and he can't is, unsee him as walter white exactly it's just him. he's, he's so, so he the way that this character just completely <coughs> like breaks down are you all right over there yeah, breaks I, down uh morally is mm -hmm. beautiful and heartbreaking to watch it's also it brings up such a really good um relatable topic of like what our healthcare is like in America and how oh, that yeah. affects people and how they, mm. like basically this guy who is a school teacher is going broke because he has cancer and he has to do like the most extreme thing in his power which is to you know manufacture drugs to be able to pay for that for his family hmm. support his family so it's like it's heartbreaking that that is kind of a reality obviously an extreme reality but 
still a reality in this country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm, I'm more inclined now to watch it just because uh, one of the actors from Breaking Bad showed up in The Mandalorian in the oh. in episode seven, Gus. Gus. Giancarlo Esposito oh, so shows off amazing. his yeah, Moff, Moff Gideon, which is okay. So if you're familiar with Star Wars, there's there's like the Emperor, right? He's on the top, and then Darth Vader right down below that, and then there's Grand Ad, there's Grand Admirals, then there's then there's uh, Moffs, Grand Moffs, and then there's Moffs. So Moffs were like the regional governors. So regional governors would take care of like whole sectors of of space. He shows up as a regional governor. And he is fantastic. He's just an, a great actor. Yeah. He really is. He's great. so great. Everybody in that show is great, but he as Gus is he just is Gus. Oh, he's hmm? horrifying. Awesome. He uh, okay as, as Moff Gideon. He is he is terrifying. Like he is like oh my gosh. Like how is how is he not a Grand Moff at this point? Because <laughs> holy cow, this this guy is awesome. Well, maybe in twenty twenty you will finally give it a chance and <sighs> sit down. It's worth every maybe. single minute. I'm telling you. Although I will agree with Phil, the last couple seasons it tips off a little bit but i wish more shows did that when they realized hey we've we don't want this show to go on for six seven years where it's just bad and leaves a bad taste in your mouth by the end of it Mm. like this is a show that like it came full circle and frankly it's five seasons in maybe a year and a half's worth of time Hmm. yeah which is amazing i you know that's actually one of my biggest complaints about media in general is the sort of uh, attempt to like make it go forever so that you can capitalize on it infinitely yeah. mm-hmm. one of my, my the, one of my examples and rich is also gonna hate me for this mm. is uh western comic books like mm. i think they just don't have the same impact because there's no stakes you know what i mean like if it mm. just goes on forever then you know eventually it's gonna work out to the hero's advantage somehow or they'll you know or they'll come back to life or something like that yeah. which is you know shows that go on forever do that but um definitely anything that's like a limited series i love it because you know at least then you know mm-hmm. there's like a, an actual arc to the narrative you know right you know that it's once it's over it's over it's over right. what's your guys's opinion on american horror story how it's I've, different every season you know and like, i'm talking not the most recent seasons because that show tapered off long ago I haven't watched it in a long time, but some of the f- the first few seasons. I can't say much about like the quality of the show, but I I really like anthologies in mm-hmm. general, where it's like seasonally it's completely different. Um, you know, w- regardless of whether you use the um, same actors. Another one would be like uh, ooh, Black Mirror. I was just mm-hmm. gonna say that, mm-hmm. oh, where, where every episode's different, mm-hmm. and you know they're only connected through the concept of technology or right. futurism mm-hmm. or something like that. But it's all, you know, it's horror, I, I would say. So I, I, I like it quite a bit. Is it love? Horror? It's hard to classify it. It's Slashers. Like, I, I, some episodes like, are like kind of... Like I, technological horror, I guess. Like, yeah. isn't that the whole concept of the show is like what technology could be capable of doing? Like the negative right. side of technology. There's not a lot. Yeah. Of, I mean, I, there's not a whole lot of cleans out in the wash episodes that's true so i'd say i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's horror i think there's a couple that were like kind of happy endings and then the rest of mm-hmm. them are like mm. my favorite was san junipero i got all weepy I was like, oh, that's the one where they uh mm-hmm. go inside the machine to live oh that forever. one was like my favorite one because yeah. that actually that does have like Emmy? a relatively happy ending yeah so it did have a relative and i just yeah it was it was good that was a great episode i think that one won an emmy that's like universally one of the you know most well-liked episodes um what are you guys excited to watch in 2020? Like new seasons of oh stuff, gosh. new shows coming out. I have like a whole list. Um, <laughs> the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, season, season three, three yep. is coming out in January. 
Did I say it was January? Yeah, yeah it comes January. out on my birthday. Yes. Um, also, you season two comes out on my birthday, which is December twenty sixth. So we will. Yeah, but by this point, it will have it will have come out. But yes, yeah. um, that is going to be amazing too. I read the book of you season two, um, which is like the obviously the second book in that series. And it was amazing. Rich is making a face like he's not even heard of these things. Never even heard of it. What? No, I know. Did you hear about the new Sabrina series? This is Sabrina the Teenage Witch, yes? Yeah, but like a darker version of it. I've heard of this, yes, but I have not. uh, I've not watched it. It's really, it's like, it's good. Mm. It is dark. Um... A lot different than mm. the 90s version. Oh, yeah. The, the 90s is more sitcom-y. This yeah. is like dark yeah. yep. graphic. Um, and then mm. did you hear about you Mm-mm. on Netflix? Okay, because you, you need to go. Bag- Bagley? Pen Badgley. He was in Gossip Girl. Yes. And he was also in um, some classic 2000s rom-coms like John Tucker Must Die. Phil, did you watch any of these at all? Mm-mm. No, no. see neither did I. You could, just, you could have said he was in like... I don't even know. And I would have been like, I don't even, I don't know. It's fine. It's um, fine. Yes. You is excellent, though. You should really should watch it. It's like captivating. It's Why just are you? It's called You. You. Um, and it's about a, a man that essentially like stalks this woman. He's like a young man, like mm. in his early 20s, um, living in New York. And he stalks this woman that he meets in a bookshop where he works. And it like, but does it in a way that's like, oh, I didn't know you would be here. And essentially makes her fall in love with him. And, mm. um, she has no idea that he's like this super creepy like crazy stalker guy yes oh. crazy stalker guy and it it just um, it just gets great and season hmm. two is going to be great also hmm. so interesting yes once you start it it's like hard to it, it it's like from his perspective too like he's doing a voiceover mm-hmm. in the beginning it's just it's really good hmm. um this will have already aired by the time that this episode airs but um anyone looking forward to the season finale of snl Oh, yeah. With uh, Eddie Murphy. With Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, I just saw that. That's right. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. and Lizzo. Mm. I don't know. Who, I don't know who Lizzo. Is. Yeah, I don't know who that is either. Oh, she's wonderful. Oh, she's so great and so positive. I love her. Um, I, what is she? She's an artist. Oh. Like mm. a, Are you guys being serious? You really don't know who Lizzo is. I really is? have no idea. No, <laughs> none, none. Sounds thanks. Like, it sounds, for, like, sounds like a muppet. Thanks for making us feel bad, Nikki. <laughs> Who is no, Nikki? You, you know the song Every time I'm mad, everyone knows that song. Truth hurts. Nikki. Why yeah. been great till they gotta be great? I just took a DNA test. Her. Okay. I have well, no idea. No. Anyway. None Go whatsoever. talk to Joe because his daughter sings one of Liz's mm. songs. It's really cute. Um, he's got videos. Mm. But she's pretty iconic this in this time. She's mm. wonderful. Mm. She's so great. I am, I'm in love with her. That's This is how I can tell that I'm like officially mm. old now. Old. Where I'm like, I have no idea I don't who that is. Okay. To be all. fair, there are a lot of artists now that I'm like, who? Mm. Oh, for sure. Lizzo... Yeah. Maybe very much in like like in like Muppet. like women right. <laughs> like, like Eddie like, Murphy and Lizzo waka waka waka. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's more like the she's very prominent in like gay culture and like like women love her. Mm-hmm. So I can totally understand why. Maybe yeah. neither of you guys know who she is. I really mm. didn't know who she was until she came to Omaha. Actually, over oh yeah, the she was at mm. Maha. She was My at Maha. Girlfriend generally keeps me abreast of that sort of stuff. Like she listens to the top forty mm. pop stuff, and so she oh, would. Lizzo's one hundred percent on that. Mm. She probably does know and i just haven't been exposed yet sure or you've been exposed to it and you just didn't know it was yeah, yeah maybe you just didn't even know yeah mm-hmm. well hmm. we don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. until you know you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but that is uh what else we're watching oh 
okay we are back to our die hard is it a christmas movie episode of atlas now streaming so we had rich and phil give their different perspectives i kind of want to talk about what makes a christmas movie mm-hmm. what do you guys think makes a movie a christmas movie phil you want to go first yeah i mean that's that was pretty much my big struggle um when approaching this was how you know what what is it exactly that we're talking about you know um and what i came up with after a, a lot of kicking the can around was that christmas can't really be used as a genre it can be it, it, it's a setting you know what i mean and there can be thematic elements that tie into christmas but you cannot say that it's like you know to say something's a christmas movie is just kind of like i you know it, it doesn't convey enough information and so my my thing is is that it's it's really um subjective you know like you could say you could say that die hard is a christmas movie because the setting is christmas but you wouldn't be conveying enough information to be useful i would say like if you know your grandma's like hey what's a good christmas movie i should watch you would not say you know don't die hard because you knew what she meant i would if she was still alive grandma you want to watch a christmas movie with me let's watch die hard you wouldn't you wouldn't be um you wouldn't actually be conveying anything meaningful about the movie if you were to describe it as a Christmas movie. A lot of movies, I think, you can do that. You can convey quite a bit by saying, you know, it's a Christmas movie. But still, it's not. it can't be used as just like a hard category, I don't think. A genre, I should say. Well, I think movies like The Grinch is very much set on Christmas in the plot. That you, you It's impossible to take it out of the plot. I mean, that's what it right. is. Um, the Santa Claus is yeah. all about Christmas. Right. Um, but I guess my, my bigger thing is that you would say that like um, the Grinch is like a, uh, a, a children's comedy, children's Christmas comedy, you know, or like okay. something like that. Whereas, um, you know, what is it? The, the Holiday or something like that. That's a ro- romance movie. But it is. But it's a Christmas movie. Taken too. around Christmas time. I guess I can kind of understand what you're saying, though. If you take Christmas out of the holiday, mm-hmm. it's it's a rom-com. It's just a rom-com. Right. Yeah, and 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 I, that was the big distinction as far as if you could label Die Hard as being a Christmas movie, you you know, and, and again, you could change the soundtrack. You know what I mean? You could change the setting, and and then it would it would still, but it would still mm. fundamentally, Hans. I think it's like a subcategory Sorry. of. Yeah. I think that it's like you know an action film, comma. Christmas movie. Woof. I, I, I can't even. Like, I, I, it's I, like, first and foremost, it is an action film, and then also Christmas, well, like in a smaller font. That's like saying you're taking the space out of Star Wars. Like, it just doesn't. Oh, you could put Star Wars in, actually, in any. Well, but you could say the title is Star Wars, Wars, an action film, and in a smaller font, space. Or yeah, like well, sci fi. Sci fi. And, and so, this is the thought experiment that I was having when I was driving back here. Hmm. I was like, if you, t- like, for example, Star Wars, science fiction, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just what you describe it as. Sure. If you remove science fiction, what is it? It's sort of a, a fantasy, you know, like a fantasy sword fighting mm-hmm. movie or whatever. It's a samurai film. Sword. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is. What, what else would you, you know right. what I mean? I would if call it a war film. Yeah, I would sure. say that that's action. It's yeah, war, it's action, adventure. Adventure, adventure film. It's an adventure yes. movie. There's a whole separate argument that if you take the if you take the space or in sci-fi out of Star Wars, it becomes a it becomes a 1950s Japanese samurai film. <laughs> sure, which is a hundred percent true. I, can, I could agree with I that. Can, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, you would have to add a couple pieces. My point is more yeah. that if you remove things, what is the thing that's left? 
And I think if you remove the sci-fi from Star Wars, it becomes... It's not the same thing. Fantasy, yeah, like a fantasy Mm. action or adventure movie. If you take the Christmas, and so you're saying if you take the Christmas out of Die Hard, nothing really changes. Nothing really changes. It could be Mm. interchangeable with anything. It's, you know, I mean, it's almost like, like, is is Die Hard an L.A. movie? You Mm. could change the setting. Mm. You could say it's a, you could be, it could take place in New York. It doesn't matter. L.A. is integral to the plot of of Die Hard. It could be set in New York. Neither is Christmas. So what would be the, what would be your (laughs) definition then of a Christmas movie? And you could say that about any holiday. What's the definition of a Halloween movie? What's the definition of an Easter movie? My definition of a Christmas movie is three things. One, it's the, it's time of year themes. Okay. So that first and foremost, it's got to be time of year themes. Two, it has to have a family element. And then three, there has to be some sort of drama. Because everybody has drama with their family around Christmas, right? Always, always. You don't want to go, whatever it is. You do want to go, but you got to put up with your drunk uncle or, or whatever, right? The drama in this case is the action movie, is the action piece of Die Hard. So time of year themes, family, drama. Okay. Those three pieces give you a Christmas movie. Phil. <clears throat> hmm. I guess my go ahead. No, you go ahead. I I guess try not to box myself into like a you know pedantic <laughs> corner here, but I would say that a a Christmas movie should be thematically related to the the seasonal festival of Christmas. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to have strong religious connotations, but um, sort of like Western imagery has to be involved to some extent like that's why something like the grinch works because it's a christmas movie without being related to like you know the actual jesus bible stuff um you know it's made up whoville christmas whatever um and i think that it's important that it it, if you're going to categorize it as such it should find some sort of synchrony with other christmas movies in that you, you are actually, and I, I've said this before, you're conveying some information by applying that title to it so that they, so that a person who picks it up would go, oh, this is in the Christmas section. I know what this is going to be about. Some sappy family garbage or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, oh, boy. <laughs> Yippee. I'm going to shed a couple tears or whatever. <laughs> but if you, if you apply, but if you just go, like, you, you, you're, it, I don't want to say, I mean, you know, I don't want to say that you are lying, but if you are, you're doing a disservice to anyone that's trying to understand what you're talking about. It's like words have meaning. And then you go, well, you know, but sure. That's a Christmas chair because it's got that, you know, that wooden, (laughs) that wooden Christmassy color that really, you know, and if, if you, if it was any other color, it's, it wouldn't be a Christmas chair. You know, that's just, you're just, you're just making noises and saying things and it doesn't mean anything. It's like the difference between wrapping a present in Christmas paper versus birthday paper. Right. Mm. Yeah. Which is important to me because my birthday is right after Christmas. And if Mm. you wrap my birthday present in Christmas paper, I'm not happy about it. How do you feel about that? I always wondered about that. It's not, it's not great. I'd be pissed. And I am kind of pissed. And I share my, Diane actually has the same birthday as I do. Um, And we both strongly dislike it how do you this is a complete aside obviously how do you feel about the uh here i combined your christmas and oh, birthday yeah, present it's, it's together highly offensive that's a cop out i would punch <laughs> you in the mouth it would it better be expensive it, super <laughs> it better be the t- the price of two gifts here's a lexus okay you're fine <laughs> all right that's good i'm yes. right thank you for the bmw yes <laughs> yep yeah it's a it's a hard thing that i have to that when i meet new people like when when i met my husband i was like look 
do not <laughs> mm-hmm. do not try to combine gifts if you're gonna combine a gift it better be expensive and mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds bad but i mean it better be the no, price I'm of two you. gifts no that's I'm true because that's how everybody, everybody else is true. everybody celebrates christmas but not right. everybody celebrates your birthday mm-hmm. also you know what really sucks is that i can't have pool parties mm-hmm. for my birthday yeah. very sad i have the best birthday of all time it is exactly half a year from Christmas. Oh, boy. June 25th. Six months. Yeah. Six months, six months, That's right? why I always wished my birthday. I was yep. like, maybe I should celebrate my half birthday. You June, could. You totally could. June 26th. It's, a, it's a pretty fantastic Do you want to have a pool party? When you celebrate, your, when you celebrate <laughs> your half birthday, does that mean you just add like 0.5? You're like, I turned 32.5. Yeah. That's exactly what it means. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, like, just I know we're still on the birthday tangent here, but my birthday is almost exactly a month after Christmas, mm. and January is one of the most depressing months of the year. Mm-hmm. January and February are just oh yeah for sure hell. Mm. It is if especially if you're in the Midwest, the weather is terrible. You're just like just waiting for spring, waiting for a nice day. It's cold, it's dry, everyone's grumpy and fat, and they're mm. trying to do these <laughs> resolutions, and they can't, and they get mad, and it's, you I know. I bet that's hard for you. Like, I bet a lot of people don't want to go out to eat and stuff for your birthday yeah. because they're on diet. My birthday has always been, like, boring because, maybe not my birthday itself, but, like, that time, just because everyone's so, like, holidayed out. Everyone's poor oh, yeah. from the holidays. You know, they spend all their money, and everyone's grumpy, and just waiting for and there's no really like big holidays between Christmas and I mean like St. Patrick's Day sure which actually is the day before my husband's birthday so people always connotate his birthday with St. Patrick's mm. Day which I, is, I guess is more fun because you know you don't buy presents on St. Patrick's Day you just mm. get drunk yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah I've always kind of been bummed out around my birthday because everyone else is bummed out it's just January mm. and February suck Sucks. especially February it's the shortest month but it always feels the longest I just want to add something about Chris or about uh, birthdays because everybody else has so far. <laughs> mm. um, my birthday is August sixteenth, and Mila Kunis is two days older than I am. Can you oh, believe that? To the date, <laughs> two days older than me. That's amazing. She's so beautiful. I mm. know, and I also look very good. Thank you very much, Gina. <laughs> wow, we. What are you trying to say? I'm just saying. Yeah. She is she, very I beautiful. Mean, barely <laughs> aged a day, that Mila Kunis. <laughs> she what barely, about Phil? She barely oh, aged wow. two days. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I actually have been absorbing all the time she's been kicking off. That's why I look so run down. <laughs> so uh, to kind of wrap things up, um, Nina and I were didn't really have an opinion on this beforehand. So after this podcast, Nina, what would you say? Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not? Well, so I actually had not seen Die Hard um, prior to knowing that I was going to be doing this podcast. So I thought, oh, crap, I better hurry up and watch it really quick so I can have an opinion. Um, and it's a it's a big favorite of my husband's. And so before going into the movie, before going to watch the movie, he was like, well, what do you say is a Christmas movie? How would you define it? And I said, well, I guess something that it's usually like, which I, I mean, I guess this is just kind of a common theme among other Christmas movies that there's like a family, there's like, some kind of a conflict and throughout the course of the movie they resolve the conflict and then at the end everybody's happy and he's like okay because i was like i don't think this is gonna happen in this movie and then throughout the course of the movie pretty much that's what uh, happens Mm. among other violent acts and um taglines but Essentially, yeah, I kind of hit on all Miss Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> That's exactly what he says. So, um, I I don't like to say it's a Christmas movie, but I mean, if I was going to go by my own Christmas movie definition, then yeah, technically. I would have to agree because, especially, and I feel like, Phil, you kind of damned yourself a little bit with this. 
your definition of taking Christmas out of the movie and it still is, you know, it's not a fundamental part of the movie. There are a lot of Christmas movies out there like The Holiday or even like Christmas Vacation. It could have been, well, I mean, I guess there was a, just a regular family vacation. vacation. But, yeah, they already did that. Yeah, Vegas Vacation. But, but a lot of those movies, especially more of like the Hallmark, like the kind of like, meh, you know, just... Don't pretend you don't watch them. I do. I'm just saying, like they're not they're they're nothing of substance. They're just cheesy rom coms with Christmas in the them. Same I, story over and over. Exactly. Actors. Yeah, exactly. But if you take the Christmas element out of them, it's just a rom com, or it's just a comedy, or it's just a family movie, whatever. So by that definition, then yeah, hmm. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Hmm. But and I I would have to agree. But mostly because it's a cultural thing. We talked about this a little bit before we even came into the room to record this podcast. It was not intended to be a Christmas movie at all when it was made. It was not mm-hmm. meant to be. Over time, culturally, it's kind of like a like a cult film almost. Mm-hmm. And it came now out in it, July. It, like it, it was a July. It was a Fourth of July movie when it came out. Yeah. So I no. think over time, it's just become a Christmas movie because of pop culture. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. things just are. Like Shrek, we've talked about Shrek on the show before. Shrek is a, a meme now. Mm. It, it was not intended to become a meme in 2001, but here we are, and it is. Well, so, and, and Bruce Willis um, weighed in on this, which I'm sure you guys saw. In he, he was drunk. I don't believe him. <laughs> um, he said, "Quote: Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It is a gosh darn Bruce Willis movie. A golly gee, a gosh darn." Gosh darn Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis movie. movie. So really, he, he, it's a Bruce Willis movie. They were roasting him at the time. It was a Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis roast on Comedy Central. So, oh. so he was getting hit pretty hard at that point. <laughs> I think that's that was his only comeback. I think he didn't want to pick one way or the other. So he just said... Mm. Fundamentally, it's a Bruce Willis movie. It's a Bruce Willis movie, yeah. Man, that's, <laughs> Can you say Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Thank you, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still go back to my theory though that the the movies are like fundamentally like it's either like comedy, horror, romance, blah 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 at the top in the in the in the large print, and then underneath it's like Christmas movies. So I feel like Die mm. Hard is like an action movie with a little side of Christmas, a little side of Christmas, mm. like yeah. a side of beans. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, the thing I'll reiterate is that I think the, the thing I'd reiterate is that it's just really hard to say that something is categorically a, a Christmas movie. I think that when you delve deeper into like themes and like in like what the movie is supposed to be about and you're trying to categorize it, you can't just go for the most part. You can't just say anything's really like just a Christmas movie. It generally is a, right. going to be a subcategory. Yeah. I think the people at the Hallmark Channel would argue with you, but... <laughs> They make uh, the category they work in is garbage. So oh. <laughs> there's like there's movies and then there's Hallmark movies. Like it's yeah. separated for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rich, do you feel satisfied? I do. You do. Right. Yes. I also want to add that if you're a vice president of your company and direct supervisor is the, being mediated, I don't know if that's necessarily fair, but I get it. At least he knows your name. I'm just saying. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, Gee golly, Rich, you sure are right. Every time, uh, every time I get mad at Nina now, I'm going to call her Nikki. Oh, I, even know, I don't even know where that came from. I'm, I'm glad quite I, could, I could bring you all together for that. Mm. Well, that concludes our Christmas movies of December. Um, when this comes out, this is actually going to be after Christmas, but that doesn't mean you can't keep watching Christmas movies. You know, I think Christmas kind of extends into January 1st. So 
Everybody, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Nina and I will be back in 2020 for a lot of very exciting new content, movies, documentaries, and television shows. Rich and Phil, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you, uh, Janie. <laughs> there, I, I, I screwed up both your names. I there. thought this was a ton of fun, and I thought you guys both did great. I I wouldn't have guessed that you've never debated before, Phil. So mm. I think yeah. I think you held your own. Good job. You had what, some really good points. What can we debate on in 2020? Mm. Yeah, oh. what, what, what can we debate? There's lots of lots and lots of times. You guys oh, yeah. need to start brainstorming, and we'll Without have you on doubt. the show. Bring some ideas to Absolutely. us, and we'll we'll put it on our list. But hey, everybody, thanks for listening, and keep on streaming. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if you think we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.